Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. Well, it is good to be back. I want to thank Pastor John for uh, for preaching last week on short notice. I was literally um, at the door heading out to the airport. Um, when I got another call that my mother-in-law had taken a turn for the worse. And, um, and uh, so it's like, bags back, back to the hospital, and, and Pastor John has three hours to prepare a sermon. So, <laughs> so thank, thankful for him for doing that. Um, my mother-in-law, Vivian, I've known for like 44 years, um, long time, a sweet lady. She's there, and, and one night not understanding why they're poking her and everything, and I said, Mom, they're try to get blood because you're in the hospital. And she looked at me and said, Drew, you're supposed to be a man of God. Why are you lying? I said, well, I never heard that one before, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, but she is doing better in a rehab place, and, uh, and I thank you guys for, for the grace of, of uh, many of your prayers. And I want to, just real quick before we jump in, I really want to um, just emphasize the importance of inviting this Easter. Um, it's just love. That's, that's all I got to say. It's anything can be done the wrong way, um, but it's just love. And one out of every three people who's invited will come to worship. So I, I don't know how you feel when you're inviting people, but I, I just want to challenge you to say it's just saying somebody matters. You know, let people make their own answer. Let them give their own no to things. Don't, don't, give people their, their no beforehand and, and pray and just be open to the Spirit because in all my life, I've really never had anybody offended by saying, hey, you really matter to God. And if we truly believe people are, are lost without the love of God, then we ought to be leading them into the love of God. So I really want to ask you to pray and to passionately, faithfully lovingly invite, with a card, without a card, but, but bring somebody with you to Easter. Deal? Yeah. I mean, really, deal? Yeah. All right, we're going to pray about that, and we're going to jump in uh, and talk about when pain meets love. Father, I pray for our mission in, in this broken world. I pray that you'd help us to be on it. And I pray that you'd help each one of us to not be stuck in our pain or any other lightless place. But that God, by calling on the name of Jesus, by believing in Jesus, I mean really believing, Father, that the power of your love would be unleashed to heal, to free, to lead people home. So, Father, I pray that you'd stir the churches ever run, that you would make us passionate about your spirit's work in reaching men and women and boys and girls for Jesus Christ, and until every Every person in our region has a growing personal relationship with you through your son, Father. Our work isn't done. Help us to be about your work. In Jesus' name, amen. So today I'm going to ask you to do something um, that uh, that I really need you to do in terms of uh, following along in scriptures. We're going to look at a passage in in Mark chapter 5. And, and in a nutshell, it's a story about Jesus encountering a man possessed by a demon. Um, and so 
you know, there's a lot of scriptures and, and, um, and I want you to follow along the story. The story in a nutshell is this, that Jesus crosses the lake, not randomly, but very purposely, comes across a man utterly lost in the dark of his life. He is free in the world in the jail of pain. He lives in the tombs. Uh, he cries out day and night. He cuts himself. He is in misery and agony, and he sees Jesus and runs to him. And, and, and there's this amazing thing that happens when he meets Jesus. He has about maybe two hours with Jesus, and that's all of the Jesus he gets for his life. In the end of the story, he asks to come and follow Jesus. You know, hey, Jesus, come let me be with you. And I'm just telling you, Jesus is not a program. He is a person. <laughs> And he doesn't let the guy come and, and follow him and be with him. He says, no, I want you to go and be light in your world. Tell what great things your father has done for you. And the guy does. There'll be no scriptures written for at least 30 years. There are no churches. Um, you know, there's, there's nothing except one faithful encounter where pain met love and life was changed. It may sound odd to talk about pain meeting love, but, um, but that's the story of the gospel. And even in the gospel, as you think about the, the whole arc of the story, this love story is also a story of pain. It is where love met pain on the cross and where, where pain... Um, could not stop love, even death could not stop love, and, and on the third day, we see that love really does win, if you let it. Now, most of the world isn't going to let it. Most of the world is going to look at love and, and, and dismiss it and hold on to the native pain that's in our lives. Today, I want to challenge you to take your pain to Jesus. Oh, I guarantee you've got it. Uh, I guarantee you the other people around you know you've got it. I guarantee you that some of that pain is so chronic that it has become a part of you and you don't even recognize it in, it, in its working through your life and through the generations. But if we took our pain to Jesus, we would be free. In Mark 5, the scripture says, they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes, and when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit, we've talked about this through Mark, <laughs> you know, this, this whole idea of an impure spirit, a spirit of this world, a spirit that is not the spirit of God, a spirit that is um, finding its life apart from the life of God, that has walked another path, um, it doesn't need the path of God, it is a spirit of independence, it's a spirit of rebellion, uh, it's a spirit of distraction, it's a spirit of of desire uh, of things and people other than God and all of those things combined to make it impure. This man who had this spirit in him came from the tombs to meet him. Impure spirit. Think about the phrase. We're all more deeply broken than we know, all of us. And, and we can live in denial of it, but the truth is, when you face the truth, your brokenness is soul deep. And it's so deep that your life leaks out of it. 
The more we know or even sense our brokenness, the more we're drawn to the possibility that maybe Jesus is the only one who can make sense of life at all. You know, maybe nothing else does make sense. All these other things we turn to for a season, they bring a temporary peace, but that peace somehow translates into uh, more chronic pain and more wounding, uh, if not of ourselves, the people around us. And, And so the cycle goes on from father to sons and, and mothers to daughters and from generation to generation. Everything else outside of Jesus is insanity. It's veiled and deceptive. Um, you know, when we deny our pain and deny our anger, and deny our woundedness, deny our hurt, uh, deny our, our insecurity and our fear, um, it, it just is the fact that we're being deceived. And when it's unveiled, it's just that then it becomes destructive. Somebody's addiction progresses to the point where you can honestly see their life imploding. Well, that's just because, uh, that's just because the, the pain is, is visible. It was always there. And that's the movement of pain. Pain goes from invisible to visible. It goes from veiled to unveiled. It goes from, from you know, uh, temporary peace to, to permanent destruction. And the reality is that, that we have the little idea of the depths of our complexity. And when we talk about impure spirit, I can guarantee you that whatever idea you have of demon possession, of impure spirits, of, of, of brokenness, that it's infinitely deeper than that. We are alive on a ball spinning through space that is just one huge mystery. If you can conceive of something in space that's 100 light years away, you are better than I. <laughs> And, and when we think about un, unclean spirits, impure spirits, I just want to suggest to you that, that most of us here are living with them. And many of us here are living from them. You see, in the complexity of our nature, um, there is deep brokenness. There's brokenness in our nurture. We are born wired in certain ways. How many of you all have ever been stunned at how, uh, you know, how much a little child, you know, can be born and immediately you can start to sense their personality. And isn't that crazy? It's like you ain't even been in the world today and, and already can get a sense of you. You know, there, there was one child born after ours and, and, and Hannah is a wonderful child, but Hannah was born kicking and screaming into the world. And I'm visiting another family, you know, I don't know, a week or two after, um, you know, she was born. And there's this little child just smiling, <laughs> looking like the Gerber baby, you know, looking up and say, can I eat for you now? Can I sleep for you now? And it's like, wow, we're wired in certain ways. And in the fall, our, even our wiring is broken. And so there's all of the depths of the, our DNA and all the genetic information encoded in us and all the mystery of our brains and our neurons and, and the parts of our brains that are more developed and less developed. And then you bring in nurture to the brokenness. And, and every one of us along the way have been wounded um, in a thousand ways uh, as we go through life and parts of our souls, like, like a garden that needed watering, weren't. And, and parts Parts of our souls that, that were designed to, to bear great fruit, uh, weeds were allowed to grow. And there's this astonishing complexities in our personality and all the unseen influences that make up our lives. And the truth is that many of us live with impure 
independent, wounded spirits that are not so far from this guy's spirit. So don't depend upon your idea of the unseen world from horror movies, please, (laughs) or what you might think about demon possession or influence, because I promise you it's infinitely more complex than that. Our hearts go to dark or light with every wounding throughout our, 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 our time on planet Earth. And over time, our hearts are filled with accumulated light and love or the shadows of hell and sorrow and anger and brokenness. And so pain is a living reality in, in our lives. It was in the gospel, it is in us. Verse three says, this man lived in the tombs. Oh my gosh, can you think of a more paradoxical phrase than living in the tombs? To be alive in a death-filled place, and yet that's exactly where a great many of us are. We are alive, but, but honestly, we feel surrounded by death. We feel boxed in. We feel uh, lifeless. We feel like, like our life is at times cursed. But he was never meant for this. His heavenly father, when he created this man, we don't know his name, Imagined his child growing and, and becoming the creative genius of his image was given to this child as it has been to you. And God longed to see that creative genius grow and become and, and find its place in the world and, and express all the infinite glory of God, you know, through, through, through this, this son. But that wasn't what happened. Through unknown wounding and untold pain, his life began its descent into darkness, its journey into hell. Guys, there are more people taking their lives in our culture and society than at any time in human history. And apparently, unless we get different data, there are about as more people taking their lives in our culture with all of our relative wealth than in any place in the world. We're living among the tombs, but you were never meant for this. We were invited into the wonder of a life uh, and and, and the creation uh, of being reborn and renewed in the image of God. We were invited into love, but pain keeps us from there. And let me just say that like this man, that you and I long for the peace of Jesus' touch. We do. Uh, Right now, you may be content in the temporary peace of the unclean spirit you're living in, you know, trusting um, the, the love of a man or the love of a woman or the love of pride or possessions, the love of you know, progress in your career. You you may be temporarily, you know, satisfied in, in some peace, but but that peace will will leak and along with it goes life and then comes more pain and more dark. And inside of you, whether you know it or not, you are longing just for the the loving, 
you know, grace-filled, embracing touch of Jesus. As much as you've ever longed for the embrace of a, of a mom or, or, or of a dad, you, you're longing even more from the depths of your soul for the touch of Jesus and to experience his peace. This man lived in the tombs, had no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. We're all in the grip of something that's stronger than us until we're alive in the love of someone greater than us. That's just simply going to be the truth. You'll always be, despite your best intentions, unable to be what you want to be, accomplish what you want to accomplish, you know, feel what you want to feel. You'll always be incapable of that because we are in the grip of something stronger than us. And there's only one answer in this broken world. And that is to to give our lives away to the love of someone greater than us. They bound this guy with chains, but they couldn't control him. You see, the truth is, you can't control what's broken on the inside by controlling things on the outside. And all y'all control freaks, wait a minute, and all us control freaks, we're going about it all wrong. It's like trying to take down a tree by picking leaves. Good luck with that. The chains could not bind him because you can't fix what's inside by by focusing on what's outside. Until we meet peace in person, we all live without it. This passage in Isaiah 6, which is normally associated with Christmas, talks about Emmanuel coming the Prince of Peace. And the scripture goes on to say that night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Now, at this point, some of you may be thinking this guy is so extreme and so far out there that he is different than I am. Maybe in where he is physically, maybe not in terms of where he is spiritually. Maybe where he is circumstantially, but maybe not where he is emotionally. Maybe you're in the exact same place. There's this astonishing thing uh, about cutting that is increasingly a, a part of, of our culture. And it's this crazy thing when I, when I talk to people who, who have, it's like I am in so much pain um, that, that they will cut. And it's almost a way of answering pain with pain, of taking the focus away from that pain to this pain. But guys, I'm telling you, pain has an answer. And the authenticity of the answer of God's love to pain is shown in the pain of the cross. God didn't bring us some soft marshmallow, you know, fluff to to answer the brokenness of our wounding. He, He brought the blood of the cross. Come on, even if you don't believe in Jesus, you gotta look at that and wonder about it. What's up with that? This God story that that, that you may be repelled by, it has a toughness to it that you can't deny. It has an authenticity and a realness to it that matches the, the, the need and, and the desperation of your life, if, if you're honest. Does anyone hear your cry? Night and day among the tombs, he cried out and cut himself. I just want the pain to stop. I just want to be loved. I just want to not hurt anymore. I just want to be who I am, but I can't get there. I just want that memory to go away. I just want the approval of that mom or that dad. I just, I just, but we can never quite get there. So does anyone feel your pain? 
Does anyone understand the hurt that's hurting you more and more? My answer is yes. It's Jesus. When he saw Jesus from a distance, in verse 6, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. And today, I just want to call you to to make the run. You're going to stay stuck the rest of your life. And every other strategy that you have for living your life is from an impure spirit. Until it is purely focused on the the love of Jesus Christ shown on the cross, the love of God revealed in, in the pain of Jesus' suffering, everything else is impure. Everything else is broken. Everything else is just one more high that leads to one more low. So make the run. The extraordinary son of God is alive and he's real and he's more than enough for all of us. He really is. And a lot of us want to know more and and somehow, you know, if I just know more, then I'm just telling you, it's not about knowing more. It's about believing what's right in front of you. And that's Jesus. He's in front of you. He's in the midst of your broken. He's in the midst of your life. Make the run. But I'm telling you, there there is an impure spirit living inside of us that does not want Jesus, that resists him, that that makes Jesus unattractive and ugly and and almost almost like the the odor of of a garbage dump, you know? We, we, We just don't want to go there. Why? Because of the impure spirit in us. We run from love, we run from sanity, we run to every other thing and every other one other than the one who is the only bringer of peace in our lives. But if we ran to him, everything would change. I, I cannot explain. This is the, the great mystery. I, I will, I'm going to be so interested when, when we get to, uh, you know, to, to the next life. And, and to, to have a little better understanding, what was going on in our hearts all those times God came to us, the nudge of the Holy Spirit, the, and, 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 and the response of our heart that pulled away and pulled back and said no. Why the no to sanity? When we are living in insanity, living in woundedness, living in darkness, living in unhappiness, thinking that some other woman can make me happy, one more affair, let me just tell you that no amount of sexuality is ever going to satisfy your life. And along the way, uh, no amount of, of money, recognition, nothing can heal your broken soul, your wounded ego, except the sun. So make the run. And I'm telling you, there's a connection between broken and brokenness. Um, We're all broken, but not everybody sees their brokenness. But the more clearly you feel your brokenness, the more desperate your run will be. You know, it's not going to be, you know, this kind of casual thing where you just kind of, you know, saunter over to Jesus and, uh, hey, hey, Jesus, nice to to see you there. Um, Yeah, I I guess I kind of need some of your love. Okay, thanks, uh, appreciate it. Yeah, no, you don't really need to come and live in my house. <laughs> I'll, I'll visit you. Hey, I got your number. I will call when I need you. But I'm, I'm good, thank you. And then we wonder why life isn't there. 
This man ran to Jesus, and I, I kind of picture it almost like a, a slide into third. You know, he, he hits his knees, and he falls in, in front of Jesus, and, and there's no bargaining, there's no negotiating, there's no, um, you know, this impure spirit has been overcome by love. He made the run, and, and there's no, you know, living by, well, I'm not worthy, I'm not, it's not about you, it's just kneeling in the presence of Jesus, So I'm telling you, for all of us here, the impure spirit that's at work in your life right now is going to do everything that that, that it can to keep you from making a desperate, all-in, no-holes-barred, you know, totally dependent run to the feet of Jesus and just to cast your life before him and let him be all. And so some of you are going to hear this and you're going to stay back. And you're going to continue your life among the tombs, which is this world. And you're going to continue cutting yourself and hurting yourself. And you're going to continue hurting other people around you. And the consequence is you're going to also pass that on to your children and your grandchildren and to their children after them. Or you can make the run. You see... The extraordinary Son of God is alive and real and more than enough. I want you to say that with me. The extraordinary Son of God is alive and real and more than enough. One more time. The extraordinary Son of God is alive and real and more than enough for my pain, for my hopes, for my dreams, for my life and for my eternity, for everything I will ever face. Jesus is enough. And the truth is, wherever you take your pain, you take your life. This verse 7 says, he shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus has said to him, come out, you impure spirit. Jesus asked, what is your name? My name is Legion, for we are many. This guy's life was so complicated and so full of so much wounding and so much hurt and so much darkness and so much pain. Verse 7 is a portrait of a pain that's utterly missed God. I'm telling you, you need to spend some time with your pain. Because your pain is going to take you places. It's going to take you to dark places. It's going to take you deeper into the tombs. The the truth is that that wherever you take your pain, you take your life. If you take your pain to, to alcohol, then that's going to take your life. If you take your pain to, to, to one more affair, one more sexual misadventure, that's where your life is going to go. If you, if you take your pain to, to any other addiction, that's where your life is going to go. If, if you take your pain into anger, that's where your life is going to go. It's going to go angry. It's going to go dark. If you take your pain into wherever you take your pain, you're also taking along your life. What you do with your pain is going to decide the whole course of your life. But you've got to face your pain before you can take it someplace. You've got you to you gotta feel your pain instead of running from it. Pain lies. You know, the, the sexual abuse from the past from that trusted family member, you know, and, and some people in the family still don't believe that you told the truth. Well, forget about them. The truth is the truth. 
And you got to face what you've been through, whatever the trauma was, whatever the pain was, whatever the hurt that you felt, whether it's, it's the pain of racism, whether it's the pain of, of rejection, there ain't nobody alive on planet earth who hasn't felt enough rejection to crush their soul. Make the run to Jesus. This man took his pain to the Prince of Peace. In Romans 6, 16, the scripture says, you are slaves to the one you obey. Wherever you take your pain, you take your life. You are slaves to the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. And then Paul says, what benefit in verse 21 of Romans 6 did you reap at that time for the things you are now ashamed of? Right? I mean, come on, you know, the very things you're attracted to after you get them, you're going to be ashamed of? That's the work of impure spirit in this world. Those things result in death. But now that you've been set free from sin and become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. And the glory of it all is that eternal life starts now. Right in the midst of your broken. Right in the midst of, of your current context and situations and circumstances. In the middle of this life now, eternal life begins and, and everything begins to change. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then Jesus says in verse 9, what is your name? It's so interesting. I don't understand like 1% of this. <laughs> I don't. What is your name? My name is Legion, for we are many. You need to name and confront pain, not bury it and run. And the truth is, that's what most of us do with the wounding of our life for most of our lives. We bury it and run. I'm convinced that my, my father's whole misspent life was due to an absent father. And I think he lived his whole life in feeling the pain of his father's rejection or neglect and could never just turn and name it. And deal with it. The pain you won't name. The pain you won't face. The pain, um, that pain just becomes the monster in the closet. It just becomes the radioactivity in the basement. And if you have a 55-gallon drum of radioactive stuff, uh, waste in the basement, and you're sitting happily on the couch in the first floor, guess what? You're still getting <laughs> toxic. <laughs> Impure spirits don't like to be named. Pain doesn't like to be named. Sometimes this takes counseling. Sometimes it just takes listening to the people around you. Sometimes it just takes being still and listening to what you already know. There's fear in this fight, and there's a lot of drama. <laughs> in this next scene, a large herd of pigs was feeding on a hill on their side. The demons begged Jesus, send us to the pigs, allow us to go into them. What the world? There's something, uh, I don't know where Amber is, but there's something in this whole, even in this impure spirit world, there's something about, um, about every being needs to be connected. It needs to be alone is like bad. And so they want to be with, which is kind of a perverted representation of the whole desire of God to be with us. That, you know, Revelation 21.4, that God will be with them and, and we will, you know, he will be their God and they will be his people. Even the impure spirits have this 
this need to be with and in and not alone. And so this crazy explosion of energy and drama happens. He gave them permission. The impure spirits came out, went into the pigs. The whole herd, 2,000 number, rushed down to the steep bank and ran into the lake and were drowned. What did that accomplish? <laughs> I don't know. Face palm. So you got what you wanted and what did you get? And then where were they after they went into the lake and drowned? I don't know. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this to the town and the people came out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who'd been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind and they were afraid. (laughs) They, They couldn't handle the peace. Guys, I'm telling you, when you acknowledge your woundedness and you start facing the energy of your pain and you're broken. There's, there's drama in this fight. There's fear in this fight. The darkness of pain doesn't like the light. It's going to work to stay in the dark because if it can stay in the dark, it doesn't have to come out and, 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 and be healed. Um, and it will work to stay deep and dark away from the light. But Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever comes to me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. <laughs> So you and I don't have to live in the, in the tombs. We don't have to wander among the graves. We've been called into the light. So make the run. Make the run from your dark. Make the run from your pain. Make the run from, from, from a life that, that, that is one of self-loathing or shame. Make the run from a life of peacelessness into the presence of the prince. Part of its power in remaining a name is to be overpowering and life-threatening. Again, it becomes the monster in the closet, never faced, never confronting, never called out into the healing light of God's infinite love. Call it out. You'll find that Jesus is greater than the rape. I don't say that lightly. Jesus is greater than the sexual abuse. He's greater than the rejection. He's greater than the lies that you heard that you have taken as truths about your character and your worth on planet Earth. He's greater. He's greater than it all. But demons unfaced become the energy of hell working its way through our lives and the generations. <laughs> but the truth of, of Mark 5, 11 through 13 is that once these things are named, They cannot stand in the name of Jesus. And there's our freedom. So I'm asking you to give Jesus your pain and he will give you his life. And it is such a great deal. (laughs) It is such an amazing journey. This guy didn't have to do anything to fix himself. He just knelt in the presence of of Jesus. And that's all you and I have to do. And for the rest of his life, it was enough. In verses 18 through 20, uh, the scripture says, Jesus was getting into the boat. The man came and begged to go with him, but Jesus didn't let him and said, go out now home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how God has had mercy on you. So the man, he did something remarkable. He heard what Jesus said and he believed it. And then he did it. That's a revolutionary concept to actually believe and actually do. And, and, and the rest of his life, with one encounter of Jesus, for the rest of his life, he lit his world. Many of us are waiting to know more instead of accepting the invitation to be more through faith. 
You don't need to know one thing more. You just need to believe. This guy had no Bible, no church, no training, no teaching. I am so sick of people in this information-saturated culture saying, I don't know enough and I can't and I... Shut up! Stop it! It's a lie from hell. Do you know the name of Jesus? Can you call on the name of Jesus? The scripture does not say everybody who can explain sanctification, justification, you know, um, will be born again. It says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So stop it. Stop with the I don't know enough. You know the name of Jesus. Call on it and invite others to do the same. A moment with Jesus, a lifetime in Jesus. If you let Jesus take your pain and give you his life. So, two things I want to say. Number one, make the run to Jesus. Today, I I think, you know, I I, I always struggle with these moments. I'm going to be honest. Pastors aren't supposed to say this sort of stuff, you know. Uh, You know, the, the measure is sometimes how many people raise their hands, come down forward. No, the measure is how many people have changed lives afterwards. How many people are actually believing in Jesus that weren't before? They were unsure before, but now they're convinced. I don't know how to get you through this moment. I don't. All I know is that the impure spirit is going to do everything he can to keep you locked where you are in your independence away from the feet of Jesus. But you can choose to trade your pain for his love. And I'm asking you, I'm begging you to do it for yourself for your father, for your kids, for your wife, for your husband, I'm asking you, come to Jesus. And these moments as we sing, I'm, I'm gonna ask you to, to, whatever you need to do, there'll be this place here open to come and, and to kneel symbolically in the presence of Jesus, to, to, to turn to, to a believer next to you perhaps and, 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 and share with them your desire and ask them to pray with you, but I'm asking you to make the run close your eyes, you know, draw a circle around your chair and just invite him in. And then let someone know so that we can walk with you. And after you've made your run and after you're at the feet of Jesus, you're going to find freedom that's ever increasing. You're going to find wholeness and peace that you never knew. And now, for you who've done that, now I want you to go and, and, and be the light of the world. Go brighten your world. Don't wait to know more. Just start being more. Have faith in the name of Jesus. Have faith in the power of Jesus. Have faith that, that He is enough. For all that you've experienced, He and His healing and the pain He bore on the cross is more than enough to answer all pain in your life so I'm going to pray and two quick prayers and ask you to pray with me would you bow your head for those who want to make the run pray this prayer silently as I pray aloud dear Lord Jesus this morning I run to you in faith I kneel before you I invite you into my life I want to trade my pain for your love. So Jesus, save me 
and send me. And Father, I thank you for that everyone who prayed that prayer, their eternal destiny is different, but now their life and time is different as well. Father, for the rest of us, I, I pray that, that we would still make the run, even if we have made it in the past. Today, Father, it's time to make the run again, that we would kneel at your feet, that we would take all of, of the energy of our life, everything impure, lay it before you, Jesus, and let you give us your life and your peace and your love. Father, I pray, I pray for freedom in the name of Jesus. And all God's people say, amen. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.